Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, Puviet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. Fantastic, fantastic episode for you today with a lovely conversation about travel with an amazing guest, luxury travel planner, Mary D. Patrick is our guest. Mary D. is the creator of Mary D. Travel. In years past, individuals had very little control over planning trips. Through technology, one can pretty much book their entire trip from the hotel to the flight to activities all on their own. What should they? Having that freedom is great, but not if you don't know what you're doing. With all the booking resources, many people have thought that travel agents are irrelevant, but that's hardly the case and far from the truth. And that is where Mary D. comes in. Mary D. always is striving for complete client satisfaction. From planning a destination vacation or a trip around the world, she's done everything. After selling her commercial real estate business, she established her business to provide outstanding luxury travel. She's a passionate traveler herself, and she was searching for an advisor who would give her amazing options outside of the canned trips and the chain hotels that one would typically find online. Mary D. focuses on boutique resorts, private bespoke tours, and unique adventures. When booking with Mary D, she offers full detailed trip planning, and it's more than just simple air and accommodations. She has developed personal relationships with top-tier luxury providers worldwide to extend custom curated travel down to the most minute of details. All of her itineraries are arranged to give each trip personal flair and indulgence, and in the past she's arranged luxury villas, corporate apartments, private planes, yacht travel, Basically, if you can dream it into your travel plans, she can make it happen and has made it happen. She has a tremendous zest for travel, and I think that's one of the best things about her. She's not just sitting at a desk providing cookie-cutter trips. She's someone who has been out there and has experienced things firsthand and knows that the most important aspect of planning a trip is focusing on the individual. On today's episode, Mary D chats about what it was that first inspired her to travel and what brings her the most joy in preparing trips and vacations. Finally, Mary D discusses the term travel language, what it means, and how she uses one's travel language to curate and prepare a trip best suited to their unique interests. A lot, a lot of fun chatting with Mary D. She's incredibly knowledgeable in her trade, and she also has outstanding curiosity towards travel. She has an unmatched desire to learn, which is a characteristic that has enabled her to thrive. This is a highly informative conversation, and I'm just thrilled for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on travel planner, Mary D. Patrick, and let's learn. By the way, I really like your podcast. I think it's so cool. It's one of the things I'm exploring more. I've got kids that are 22 and 25, and so they're really into a lot of them, and they've introduced me to some, but I just think it's such a great medium and a way to talk to people and hear stories, and I love it for long drives <laughs> when I'm traveling. So, Literally, this is what I call my encore career. I didn't start this career till I was in my mid-40s, and after I had already run, managed, and sold my family's multi-generation uh, apartment commercial real estate group. And I had worked with my dad and grandfather and literally never lived outside of five miles where I was born, my father or my grandfather. And it's kind of funny that you say that because I did kind of wake up and go, Hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm, <laughs> I need to go see all these places. And while we traveled a lot growing up, I think that's what I was trying to get across to you in the email. I love to talk about my travel and especially with my friends but part of what I genuinely adore about this job is 
it's more about me finding out where you want to go and what's your idea of a dream job because you're exactly right. The more people I meet, it is absolutely fascinating to me that something I can think is the most fabulous thing in the world is so boring and not interesting to somebody else. And it, it's, it's like food or ice cream or decorating or style. Everybody is right. There's no, there's no wrong way to do it, but you, to do what I'm doing, you have to keep your ears open to listen to what somebody's style is. You talked a little bit before, but how did you first get inspired or introduced into travel? Um, I love telling the story, so thank you for asking it. Um, when I was very young, um, and I have an older sister that's still my best friend, um, my grandparents in the 1970s sold their business. And my grandfather and grandmother, back before when you had to have a, you know, a paper ticket and had to have a travel agent to go do your travel, they literally spent a year traveling the world. And they would send back a doll for my older sister that I was allowed to look at and play with, but my sister still makes it very clear they're her, her dolls. <laughs> but from Thailand, from Hawaii, from Japan, a Queen Elizabeth doll from England. And if you can imagine as a little girl growing up and going to your grandparents' house, you would look at this, this teared white case, glass case with all these dolls, and she'd, she'd take out one and she'd let us look at the Thailand with her hands turned back and she'd tell us the stories about being there and what the people ate and what they did. And frankly, it was the biggest gift of just even inspiring that curiosity that my grandmother, because when they did it, they were like, we're traveling for a year. And it was boats and planes when it was difficult for air travel and literally went all over the world. And we have great photos of them on camels uh, in, you know, near the pyramids and in Egypt. And I loved those pictures too. But the dolls were what was really, and I think because my sister made it clear the dolls were her, I was just bent on exploring everywhere that that the dolls came from and that started um i was able to in high school i did a uh europe tour that did nine countries in six weeks and um that was in 1984 um and it was it's been so great because i did the real estate thing sold out the businesses after i lost my dad and my grandfather um and I really wanted to do something that excited me for the second half of my career. And I'd always traveled, had done Europe, had done the Caribbean, had been scuba diving and stayed in little dive hotels, which I still love to do that kind of thing. But it was a different stage in my life. And I had not been able to find a travel advisor to help me for a senior trip for my daughter and my family. And I was like, why? I called three different people and they wanted to sell me a cruise or they wanted to put me into a Hilton. And I was like, no, 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 that's not what I want to do. You know, that was in the back of my mind. But um, when I sold the family business, I couldn't find a job because I was overqualified in some ways and I was vastly underqualified. And part of why our family business had to sell out ultimately was the technology changes. And so I got really fascinated and I went back to school at UAB, which is here, University of Alabama, Birmingham, big medical center, business school area. I did a, a graduate certificate in social media uh, marketing, and I was really, uh, first of all, it was nerve-wracking in my 40s to go back to a graduate school with a bunch of 20-year-old MBA students, um, but I did do mom snacks and did do study prep before our exams and papers. Um, 
I mean, literally, they were calling me Mama D in the mesh. And still, I'm in touch. They still reach out to me. One of them sent me a honeymooner couple the other day. I mean, they're adorable. But we did these, I did this graduate level class trying to understand more about technology, social media, marketing, thinking I was going to start my own marketing or other business. And I did a graduate level, um, a graduate level paper on destructive technology in the travel industry. And what happened when you went from having to get a printed paper ticket and how quickly a PC computer and the large booking engines that allowed for online direct booking um, and what happened to these literally hundreds of thousands of jobs. But as in any destructive technology, there are other jobs that that emerge. And when it went into details talking to travel agencies about a luxury service provider that was not a ticket taker, that was not just punching in code to print out a ticket, but was curating and putting together for families and people a custom curated experience that was more than just what you can buy on Expedia. And when I saw that, I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. And I learned enough to be dangerous for my socioeconomic and age group in social media. And I literally went from, I think I sold $25,000 in travel the first six months and cried and said, I have no idea why I'm doing this. Um, and then in two years, I was selling over a million dollars annually in travel and doing pretty well until the world ended March of 2020. So, um, but that's how it all started. That's the going back to school to get that graduate degree and doing that research paper really said, you know what, I'm going to try this. But um, it's a scary, tough business to get into. You have to be very entrepreneurial. You cannot, there is not a study guide. There is not a go take a real estate license test to do this. There's so much more to, to being a travel advisor than that. It is. And it seems like it was a perfect storm of time for you, especially with you learning the new technology, the old technology is gone, you're changing. And as you said, it's the second act of your career. This is great. Mm -hmm. Despite all that, maybe a big aspect is his confidence. How did you have the confidence to take such a big leap? It, it's funny because one of my girlfriends, she always laughs and says, you walked in one day and said, yeah, um, I'm going to start up a travel business. I'm going to do luxury, just high-end travel. This is what I'm planning to do. I've got office space, got the equipment. This is what I'm doing. So there it is. And she said, she looked at me like, um, hey, you know, nobody uses a travel agent anymore. That's what everybody always would say. No, why did you need a travel advisor? You don't, you know, nobody does that. Um, how did I have the confidence? I don't know. Sometimes I don't know how confident I am and how uh, blissfully ignorant and blonde I can be when I want to be. <laughs> Sometimes that's a great thing. I will say I can be very positive too. And so just don't tell me otherwise sometimes. How about that? When ignorance is bliss, is a folly to be wise. <laughs> yeah. What I loved hearing you talk about was when you first were looking at travel agents, people were trying to sell you certain things like, hey, do this cruise or do X, Y, and Z. And it's, it's, it doesn't yes. work. You can't push your own ideas on somebody else because as we talked about, travel is based on emotion and everyone's got different tastes. Everyone likes a different flavor of ice cream. And you've often equated your services to being an interior designer, an investment advisor, or a hairdresser. Everyone has a different look, style, risk tolerance. <laughs> How do you use that philosophy when working with clients? You know, it, it's, it's a hurdle, honestly, um, because I had to decide early on when I was not so confident and I, I wasn't, um, you know, I was very new at doing this 
um, you can either do this as a business or you can do this for free. And if I was going to do it, I wanted to do it at the highest level I could, but I also wanted to do it as a business. Um, and I constantly found myself educating um, my clients going, I know uh, it sounds unusual to pay when you can go online and go book your hotel on your airfare by yourself. But, you know, have you ever been delayed or had a six hour layover or been put in the room that's, you know, by the construction that's going on at a hotel because you didn't know any better or have the knowledge of what's happening. And I know you stayed here when you went to Rome and I know you found a VRBO over here, but were you aware of this tour operator that is boutique and family owned that can take you behind the scenes into a Rome you've never thought about and away from the crowds and this precious little boutique property that I stayed in and got to hang out with little Stevie from, you know, uh, the Sopranos and, Bruce Springsteen fame because he was there the whole time we were there and we were able to visit with them. And there's just so many wonderful places to travel. But when I go back to equating it to a, a, a service industry, uh, I've got friends who are decorators. I am not a great natural decorator, but I'll go buy a sofa by myself because, you know, I think I can handle it within the parameters. If I'm having to completely redo a room and measure and do drapes, it is way out of my wheelhouse. And I go and hire and pay somebody to do that. And I don't ever look at them and say, well, why are you charging me for this? <laughs> why? Yeah. I could I go get, yeah, I could go get the fabric. I could go do it. It's the same with um, investments. And it's, again, the same I always say with cutting your hair. My girlfriend's, um, and I charge 200 to $500 on the front end for service fee. Not everybody does. I do that. Um, because I can and I do value my time. But when somebody says, well, wait a minute, I don't, I, not everybody does that. And I said, I know, but you spend more than that getting your hair and nails done this month and you're about to throw down $50,000 for a family of six vacation. Would you rather work with an expert or would you rather go cut your hair yourself? And they're like, here's the $500. <laughs> well, one of the first things you were talking about is just about layovers and everything. I think so many times if you're traveling to a place you haven't been, and you see something on paper and you assume something, right? If it's a X amount of hours or X amount of minutes to get from one location to another, you think, oh, that's fine. But you don't take all the other considerations that come with getting to immigration, getting through this, or what time of day, or maybe there's only one train. There's so many different things that go in it. And right. I've, made many, I've made many of those sticks on my own. When you are designing and cultivating a trip for someone, what are the type of questions you get to learn more about the individual or the family? Um. That's a great question. And I always start my client interview um, because they're usually asking for a specific trip that in their brain, they've already decided I want a week in Costa Rica in June, or I'm planning a honeymoon in Hawaii for January. Um, and they have an idea in their head. Most of the time, I have some people who say, I got to get out of here. Just find me, find me something with like this. I love those clients. They're honestly the open-minded ones are the most fun. But um, when they start out, I always, I try to hone in from a combination of tell me about you, tell me how you like to travel, tell me some of your favorite places you've ever been, your favorite experiences. Um, if they haven't traveled a lot, I try to say, and, and I, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but tell me what it looks like. You know, if you're closing your eyes and imagining your perfect trip for what you're trying to do for this, um, is it cold or is it hot? Is, is it jagged edge and water or is it 
planes and animals? Is it a luxurious service experience where you have people taking care of your every whim and having lavender water spritz by the pool, which I have news for you. A lot of women my age, especially, their idea of heaven is a five-star luxury resort and it can be anywhere, but where somebody is taking care of them. So again, I go back to, I have to ask the questions, what are you envisioning for this? That's number one. Number two is what have you loved in the past or hated? So I can have an idea. Um, I, I have some people who say, do not put me in a big box chain hotel. And then I have others who go all the way to Japan and they want the comfort of being in an Americanized chain hotel. That's not the way I prefer, but you can't judge someone if that makes their travel experience better. Um, especially when they have 2 million Marriott points and that's what they want to use. Yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds like what you're saying is everybody's different and therefore everybody has a different travel language. We talk more about having a travel language. Uh, I, I think that, uh, first of all, what I love about going different places and have people experience is whether it is accents, languages, ha hair color or food, this world, and it sounds like you've had similar experience when you get out of your little box. And that's why I try to encourage my clients to do one something on their trip that's a little out of their comfort zone to really see and experience other people and cultures because it is so gorgeous to witness that in different places. It really, really is fantastic. But everybody does have a different travel language of what uh, an outstanding experience and memory is for them. And I, I do think uh, just like you have to search to find another kind of service professional that works well and hears and listens to you. Um, I mean, I would say my specialty is multi-generation family and empty nester groups for Caribbean and Europe mostly, although I have uh several uh regular clients that we do exotic in thailand and brazil and indonesia um a good travel advisor can do the research and get anything set for you but if you don't speak their language if you don't vibe and understand how they want to travel they may put you in something that's not the best experience for you so that's why i say have a comfort level um i'll give you a great example i've never been on a cruise in my life I am going to, but I've never been on one. I have never uh, done an all-inclusive vacation. And I get calls. I actually booked one yesterday. Uh, it's not that I can't and don't want to learn about those things and do them. It's not been my personal travel choice. Um, but everybody travels differently. And I'll have, an, I'll have an occasion that somebody, for what they're looking to do in their budget, it's not something I do routinely and regularly, and I will, a good person will, will very nicely say, look, I'm not the person for you, but this is who would be fantastic to work with you. Um, because I do think you need to be on the same page with your travel advisor, or it's a constant, it's like going to an investment advisor who wants to do a high-risk portfolio of straight stocks, and you need more security. You've got to be on the same page. You just have to be. Well said. 100% agree with that. What is an FAM, a FAM trip? <laughs> um, well, a FAM trip, and because one of the other questions I get all the time, other than why would I need a travel advisor, is do you get to travel for free, you know, or do you travel all the time? 
Um, again, different travel advisors. Uh, there's some quirky, fabulous, wonderful people. I love all the people that I work with, either other travel advisors, tour operators, hoteliers, people that I have developed relationships with. Um, I wondered, I asked when I started doing this, do I get to travel for free? The short answer is, is no. Um, the long answer is sometimes. Um, and one of the times is a familiaration trip and they short for fam trip. Travel agent fam trips, you have to have credentials in order to do that. And occasionally we will get invited to do a familiarization trip that is either a greatly reduced rate or um, sometimes they're complimentary for you to be exposed to a certain area, region of the country, tour operator. And um, those can be really neat because if you're wanting to truly embed and explore from a professional travel agent standpoint, they're wonderful to do. But um, I have, uh, most of the time it is travel agents only. They do not allow families. You cannot take friends or plus one. Um, and so people view that as, oh, you're getting to travel for free. If you enjoy going to see 12 different hotels in a matter of two days and every different level category of rooms, their pool and their spa, we always say, you know, you're a travel agent when you get excited about that. When you say, oh, I can't wait to see the presidential suite in this one. And tell me about your spa and what your upgraded amenities for our consortia is. And, you know, where's the best view uh, from the balconies on the suites in this particular property so I know which floor to put my clients. You, When you really enjoy doing that as much as you enjoy taking the boat trip or sipping a cocktail by the beach or you know, walking Machu Picchu, which you can do on some of these fam trips, but you're also going to be exposed to be familiarized for the purpose of selling product. So, um, and, and that's, that's the, that's the long answer. So do we get discounted in the ability to experience these places for reduced rates? Yes, but it is with the cost of for furthering our knowledge and expertise to help clients and to sell product. Um, I will also tell you, I have two, mentors one that will not do fams he won't do them for anybody like even if uh you know high-end boutique resorts call and say hey we've got a couple of free nights he is he is very uh reserved in, in how he wants to travel and he always says i don't want to take two free nights and spend half my time talking with a general manager touring the hotel because when i travel i want my vacation and to experience the way that i want to and I really took his knowledge to heart early on. There's still times I will, I will take these travel agent trips, these familiarization trips for my exposure and to help my clients. And I do joke around with them and say, yes, I'm in Turks, Turks and Caicos for the week and I'm going to have to stay at these different hotels and go on the beach and have drinks and food with all these fabulous resorts in Turks and Caicos, but I'm doing it for my clients. So, um, but I, I do enjoy that part of it. But when I really truly want a vacation, I have to agree with my mentor. There are times I want to take a vacation and it, it, I would rather pay full price and enjoy myself on my travel than, than, it, than it be a work trip, if that makes sense. How do you handle popular locations? You have a picture of Machu Picchu behind you. And that's one of those that is instantly recognizable. People see that and they're like, I want to go there. And they might not even know what there is or where there is, but they've seen it and I want to go there. So how do you do that? How do you handle just sometimes that are, that are overly popular and just the fact that a lot of times you're going to get ideas and suggestions, maybe with little knowledge behind it as well. 
And by the way, I took that picture. I um, way to do it. I'm so glad you did that as opposed to buying you know, the I, traditional one. That I took that one too. That's, that's like Tomo. And those ladies were just sitting there. People will look at my Instagram um, or they'll have a friend come back from a trip. And this happens a lot. And they will say, I want to do that. Um, almost every time I post a, a new place that I've been, um, Anguilla Cap Jaluca was a big one a couple of years ago. I went for my birthday. Uh, when I did Machu Picchu, I will absolutely get phone calls that day. Okay, where did you just get back from? I want to do that. I've wanted to. I want to do exactly what you just did. And they'll literally say that. And I, part, again, of the process, because it would be very, very easy for me to say, okay, let's just set you up and do exactly what I did. And sometimes that is what they want to do, but it gets back to the question and answer of why do you want to go to Machu Picchu? What is it that you, that you are looking to see? What do you want to discover there? Um, have you considered parts of Sacred Valley and into Lima, or are you just wanting to hike the mountain? Do you want to take the long way and hike up and have a long outdoorsy experience? experience or do you want to cruise up to the Belmont right outside and just walk up the little steps from your luxury five-star hotel? Yeah. <laughs> Again, and I do think the other thing is, and I have some of my favorite clients are my honeymooners because I love, I love doing the first trip for a couple and I love that my Honeymoon guys are so malleable and they, they want to understand and they're like, please help me and tell me what to do. And so they're great, fun clients to work with. But the vast majority are closer in my age, my life experience, and they want something similar. But there's always a caveat. There's always something slightly different than when I start asking questions. You want to do this, but you don't, you don't really want to be outdoorsy and you don't really want to spend this much time, what do you want to do? Do you want to just take the picture and then say you've done that? Because we can do that too. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's really about asking questions to, to create and maximize the efficiency of the travel that's for them. But um, it is always fun though, because I think it doesn't matter what your age with social media, there is a lot of, a lot of FOMO and you're, I want to do that because you did it and you really have to get it back around to why do you really want to do it? What do you really want to see? the really smaller family owned and operated setups, it's going to be a while to get them back up and going. And the changes moving forward, as we say, you know, uh, um, after COVID, uh, it's going to change the way we travel. And it's very, very different. The, the other reason I tell people, if you didn't need me before and why I will refer you to somebody, if I can't help you is I just got to print out today. It's a list of countries with the requirement I get it at least once a week. It changes once a week. Um, you will have somebody that's in a, you can travel here with a COVID vaccination. It can change two days before your trip. And now all of a sudden you have to have a certain specific type of trip insurance that has medical evacuation. And people not only don't read the fine print, they go and book online and then call me a day before their trip and say, what do I do? And I can't help them once that happens. Um, all right. Well, Cole, it's great talking to you. Take care and we'll talk soon. Yeah, I'll send you an email. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Wasn't she fantastic? We're going to bring her back very soon because I got so many more questions to talk about the future of travel, especially with everything opening back up. For more information, be sure to visit MaryDTravel.com. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. 
Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son. 